ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. When the Reserve Bank board members meet for the first time this year, they might be patting each other on the back. Inflation has come right down to a two-year low, meaning they won't need to raise interest rates again. Today, ABC TV's finance expert, Alan Kohler, explains what needs to happen now for rates to start falling. And he gives us his prediction on when that might happen. I'm Sam Hawley on Gadigal Land in Sydney. This is ABC News Daily. Alan, RBA meetings. It would be really good, wouldn't it, if we could just ignore them like we used to, like in the good old days when rates were really low and they just stayed there. But now we sort of focus on them a lot. Oh, that's right. Um, we do focus on them. Well, they, they, you know, interest rates were put up uh, pretty rapidly since the pandemic and um, that's made things very, very difficult for a lot of households. Sure has. I mean, they went up, what was it, 13 times in 15 months, something like that? That's right. Yeah, a lot. Okay. We do expect now, though, don't we, that they're going to stay on hold for a little while. Does that, Alan, mean that the RBA board is a happy bunch of people? Oh, they're happy. They're very happy. In fact, I think they'd be high-fiving. Because uh, they've managed to control inflation without a recession, and that's very rare. You know, they're not the only ones in the world to have done that, but they've done it anyway. I mean, inflation isn't yet back below their target range of 2 to 3%, but, you know, it's it's clearly well on the way and, uh, you know, there's not a general recession. Mm. So, uh, yeah, they're very happy. The inflation figures at 4.1%. That's a pretty big drop from where it was, isn't it? Well, that's right. It was close to 8%. And yes. um, uh, a year ago, 5.4%. So, look, I think it's clear that uh, inflation is well down. And I think the, the, when the Reserve Bank itself is forecasting that inflation uh, will keep coming down and will get inside the, their target range of 2 to 3% uh, in the middle of next year. Okay, so a bit later in this discussion, we're going to come to your prediction about when rates will actually start going in the other direction, which is what we really all want to know. But before we go there, let's have a look at this Reserve Bank meeting, because it's going to be a bit different this time in the sense that the Reserve Bank Governor, Michelle Bullock, is now required to actually speak to us through a press conference after the decision is made. And that's also what happens in the US, right? It is. And um, the other the other two changes are that there's going to be a reduction in the number of meetings per year from 11 to 8, and the meetings will be two days, or at least a day and a half. So they get together on um, Monday afternoon. Uh, they get a bunch of uh, presentations from the staff about what's going on in the economy. They get to uh, sleep on it overnight and then start again at 9 o'clock the next morning and uh, presumably ask questions, spend the morning cogitating and questioning and then decide. So the the decision will be announced at the normal time of uh, 2.30 and then there'll be a press conference with Michelle Bullock at 3.30, an hour after the statement. So that is what happens in the US. It's happened for many 
uh, many years, and, and they also have the same number of meetings, and they are also two days in the US. Mm, is that a better system, do you think, that the Reserve Bank governor, the governor, stand up and say, this is why we're doing this, and we get a better explanation, do we? We do, and um, I, I, mean, I think it's a much better system, obviously, and the uh, the governor subjects herself to questioning from the from journalists in the room. I mean, it, it can be a bit confusing. Like on uh, Thursday morning, they, there was the Federal Reserve in the US had a meeting and they put out a statement, and then the chairman, uh, Jerome Powell, as usual, had his press conference. Good afternoon. <clears throat> the economy has made good progress toward our dual mandate objectives. What he said at the press conference was a bit different to what was in the statement, or at least the tone of it was. Mm. They started talking in the statement about when they're going to start reducing interest rates, and that was a, you know, quite a significant change. Mm. But in the press conference, Jerome Powell uh, was asked directly, uh, what about March? Will, will the first cut be in March? And he said, oh, no, no. Based on the meeting today, I would tell you that I don't think it's likely that the committee There was a bit of confusion out of that. So I, I, I do think that Michelle Bullock is going to have to watch it, you know, that she's, you know, holds, holds the line. Otherwise, everyone gets too confused. Well, while we're just talking about the US then, we've been diverted somewhat. We will come back to interest rates here. But what is happening in the US, Alan? How is it looking, I suppose? Well, the things it's it's very similar in some ways. I mean, the, the Federal Reserve would be high-fiving. They've, uh, they've managed to get inflation down to uh, well below what it was without a recession. And in fact, the, the US economy is incredibly strong. Employment data came out on Saturday morning, our time for January, and uh, it was almost 400,000 jobs, which is double what the market had expected. Mm. So there, you know, things are going tremendously well in the US economy. All right. Well, Alan, let's return then to that question of when interest rates will start to fall, which everyone is hoping will be sooner rather than later, of course. You've outlined three things that have to happen before rates go down. One is inflation's coming down, which is happening, which is a good thing. Then there's unemployment and then there's GDP growth. So let's just step through those one by one. Inflation. What number is the key number? Where does it actually need to be sitting for the RBA to say, okay, now we can consider bringing rates down again? Well, their their forecast for the end of this year is three point three percent inflation. That's uh, in December for the for the year. As long as they're confident that that they're on course for three point three percent inflation by the end of this year and uh, below three percent by the end of the following year, um, in the second half of the following year to twenty twenty five. And so really they need confidence that that's, that's on the way. Mm, so they might not drop rates, though, until it gets to that 3.3%? Oh, no. They, well, they, they need to be confident that they were on the way towards it. So, you know, by, by September, they'll have a decent idea of whether they're going to make their forecast. Okay. All right. The second factor, of course, is unemployment. And employment's really strong still in this country. But unemployment needs to go up, does it, before the RBA can actually cut rates? Well, look, central banks and the the Reserve Bank are still stuck in the idea that you need unemployment to rise for inflation to come down. And that's a 70-year-old idea. The conventional wisdom in macroeconomics is that um, as uh, as unemployment rises, inflation comes down, and if unemployment falls, inflation goes up. The view is that uh, higher unemployment means that... uh, 
that workers have less bargaining power uh, and therefore uh, wages don't grow as much. So they've, they've forecast a rise in unemployment to 4.2% um, by the end of this year and they've also forecast that uh, unemployment by the time they get inflation back to below 3%, the unemployment rate needs to be 4.5%. So from 39 to 4.5%, that would be another 100,000 or so people out of work. Wow, it sounds a bit rough. It sounds rough, that's right. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you're talking percentages and, you know, a little bit of an increase in unemployment, the, the unemployment rate then, you know, no big deal. But if you're talking the number of people, that's um, that certainly yes. drives it home. All right, then, Alan, the third factor you look at is GDP growth. And I guess people's eyes sometimes glaze over when we talk about these things, GDP, etc. So what needs to happen with that? And actually, what is it? Just remind us. GDP stands for Gross Domestic Product. It's basically the output uh, of the entire country you know if you if you saw the country as a company that would be its production mm-hmm. the most recent uh, gdp number was 2.1% which is pretty modest growth i mean you know the average gdp growth you'd expect to be 3% or so but the reserve bank is predicting that that comes down slightly to 2% by the end of this year they do want that kind of slowdown in the economy generally the problem with gdp growth is that it's it's such a broad measure that it's difficult to pin things down for, for much of the past couple of years, the GDP growth would have been negative without the amount of immigration that's been going on. So uh, what we what economists tend to look at is um, uh, GDP per capita. So you just take the GDP and you divide it by the number of people in the country, the population, and uh, you end up with a GDP per capita. And for much of the time over the past couple of years, it's been negative. Um, so, you know, there's been talk in, in the media and economists of, of a of a per capita recession, which is true. So let's talk a bit more about that per capita recession then, because we're not in a recession, as you mentioned earlier, and the economy is doing really well, but we, on a personal level, still feel like things are really tough, don't we? Well, a lot of people do, that's for sure. Mm. You know, the uh, the Reserve Bank actually puts out a chart of uh, the number of people who are going backwards where their spending is uh, per month greater than their income, and it's up to 15%. So those are the people going backwards. They're really doing it tough. A lot of people aren't going backwards who are doing it tough because the only reason they're not going backwards is because they've cut back their spending. Mm. And so at a rough estimate, I reckon about 40% of the country are doing what you'd call doing it tough. Mm. Uh, And that is very high. But, but the but the GDP number shows that we're not in a recession um, because largely because of immigration, also exports. So it's very strong, particularly to China. Our GDP is not in a recession, but as I said, the GDP per capita is either in recession or flat. And uh, you know, a very large number of the of of households in this country are, as you say, doing it tough mm, in their own personal recession. That's right. So yeah. uh, you know, you can talk about a general recession and a personal recession. So there are people, uh, there are a lot of people in this country having a personal recession. All right, Alan, let's now get to your predictions then or your feelings about what's going to happen in the months ahead. You've outlined those three conditions that the RBA really needs to see are being met. So just tell me... When do you expect they will be met and that interest rates will start 
to actually fall and some of that pressure will be taken off families. Uh, the, the market, the futures market is predicting, predicting a rate cut in August or September. Most economists are predicting similar timing on a rate cut. So sort of early in the second half, August or so. There's one economist, the Deutsche Bank, Phil O'Donoghue, who's saying March is a possibility. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, the different opinions make the world go round and there's tons of those. And we always like hearing yours, Alan. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again. Not at all. It's been a pleasure, Samantha. Alan Kohler is the finance presenter on ABC TV's 7pm News. If you want to know what's going to happen to the cost of living this year, have a look at Tax Cuts and Your Bills in 2024. That's in your feed from last Monday. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald. Audio production by Sam Dunn. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening.